Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. John chapter 15, you there? So I'm going to try to preach better than I did Wednesday night. Uh, I have battled the flu this week. It's already come out. and uh, I can't believe I got it, you know. I mean, like, I never get sick. And uh, it's kind of like a pr- pride, you know. I never get sick. And uh, the virus showed up at my house. And um, uh, one of the kids brought it home. Well, it was Grant brought it home, wasn't it? And so uh, it got it got all the boys. It got Catherine. And uh, I had a friend of mine said, there's one left in the house. I said, it will never get me. I said, because it can't live on the anointing. And then we so, I think it was the 4th of July, I invited Matt and Nicole. They come out to the house or whatever. Then it went to their house. And he said, man, he said, this is bad. And um, I said, well, you just need to try to increase in the presence and increase in the anointing. That stuff won't get you. But uh, let me say, it come out and got me with a vengeance this week So uh, and put me down. So um, I must have an open door in my life if uh, I was sick, if, you know, that's the way I was uh, raised or whatever, sickness and, you know, stuff like that. You got an open door. You need to repent. But let's go ahead. And, uh, all right. <coughs> so I may hack a little bit, okay? If you come from a traditional Pentecostal church, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll be fine. All right, John chapter 15, you there? If you've not found it by now, you're probably, gonna take a little, uh, probably not going to find it. So let's go right here in verse 9. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. For if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in in you and that your joy may be full this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends look at verse 14 you are my friends if you do whatever I command you it almost sounds crazy statement right there don't it you'll be my friend as long as you listen and do what I say do Look at verse 15. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends for all the things that I have heard from my father I've made known to you. You did not choose me. Look at this. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain and that whatever you ask the Father, look at this, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you that you love one another. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I ask God, Lord, to help me uh, to preach and teach. God, give us ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I told Catherine last night that I was really excited about preaching this morning, and um, and so I really want to uh, download a truth in us this morning. That um, and, and and so some of the things I'm going to say, I might make a statement or something. You say, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe he made that statement," but just stay with me, bear with me, okay? Let me re- lay the whole council out this morning before you uh, make that judgment. But here in this text that. <clears throat> Jesus is uh, is actually giving his disciples a promotion. These are men that he called out. These are fishermen. 
These are uh, ordinary men that he called from everyday walks of life and society. And Jesus has given them a promotion that he's no longer going to refer to them or call them or no longer their identity is going to be as a servant but as a friend. Um, most of us, especially down here in the South, we never really make it. Listen, a servant, that is the foundational stone what we won't talk, what, what we got to have in our life. But this morning, I'm not dealing with a servant in a positive way. A, but here, Jesus is bringing his disciples in and he's saying, I no longer want you to, your identity to be a servant, but I want you to be with me as a friend. How many knows that friends is different than hired help? How many knows there's a difference in the relationship as a friend than there is uh, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a servant? And in this text, Jesus began to explain the difference between the two. That, um, that servants don't know what their masters are doing. They don't have access to the personal realm of their master. They're task-oriented. Listen, obedience is the primary focus. Obedience is the primary focus of a servant. But listen to this, as a friend, what almost sounds uh, sacrilegious is this statement that I'm about to say is that in a friendship, obedience is not the pro top priority. A friend is so more, a friend has a deeper level and it's not just obedience that they're worried about, but they're worried about disappointment. Oh my God. They're worried about disappointment. See, servants, all they want to do is obey the master. The father don't want us walking around here just trying to obey him. He wants us to press into a place at him that we, we, we become at rest in who we are at him. Come on, somebody. That we're not striving anymore. We're, we're coming from a place of rest. Even our warfare. When I grew up as a young Christian, we used to try to battle everything. Listen, the New Testament modern warfare is you're seated with him in heavenly places. He's making his enemies your, underneath your feet. Come on, somebody. And you're dining at the table. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. So my warfare doesn't look like call of duty out there in the, out there in the wilderness. My worship and, my, and I come from my place of who I am in him. So we're not just necessarily worried about obeying or disobeying. We're worried about disappointment because now a friend is closer to the Lord so now he's moved into the intimate heart of the Lord and now we realize we stop doing the things that displease him not because we're afraid of him but because we don't want anything to hurt his heart. But here's the deal. I, you just can't stop, you can't make people <coughs> stop sinning because you're going to preach hellfire and brimstone. I can get up here preaching, tell you about hell, tell you about hell, the reality of hell, the worm dieth not, the fire never is quenched, there'll be gnashing of teeth. All of, the, all of that will scare you for a season, but your life will not be sustained on that message. Because you can't build a culture on a negative. It is a truth and it's a reality. But how you will change your life is when your eyes become captivated by the one we're talking about. When you see the eyes like fire and the hair like wool. When you see him face to face. The Bible says, oh taste of the Lord, Psalms 34 and 8, and see that he is good. When you taste of him, then your life begins to change. Now let's look at this. I got a long ways to travel. So just stay with me. I want to give you four things here that 
<coughs> that change. First, what we know changes. We gain access to the Father's heart. Jesus paid the price for our access to the Father, thereby, thereby granting us freedom that comes from the truth that we gain through the knowledge of His heart. Listen, liberty is found in this first stage of the promotion. There's a lot of freedom that comes with this. See, liberty is found in this. Let's just go this. First of all, I didn't come to church this morning because I had to. I didn't come to church because it was a southern thing to do on Sunday morning. Hello. We came to church because we longed to worship the Lord. Are you with me now? There might be some kids in here that came to church because you was drugged to church. <laughs> I remember listening to John Hagen preach. He said when he was a child and coming up as a teenager, he had a drug problem. He had a drug problem. He would drug the church every time the doors was open. Listen, so liberty is found. There's a freedom found in this phase of promotion. The second thing is our experience changes. Encounters with God as an intimate are quite different from those of a sermon. Servant. His heartbeat becomes our heartbeat as we celebrate the shift in our own desires. The realm of His presence becomes our greatest inheritance and divine encounters our greatest memories. Personal transformation is the only possible result from these supernatural experiences. My life didn't get changed because I went to Sunday school. My life got changed every time I encountered him. It is impossible for you to come in the presence of the living God and leave that place the same way you came in. Hello? If you leave today, it's because you never encountered him. What you encountered was Cornerstone. You encountered John. But if you ever encounter Jesus in this building, your life will be forever changed. Your situations will turn around when you encounter him. Joy will come down deep in your soul when you encounter him. Hello? Sickness leaves when you encounter him. When we encounter him, it is only the only possible result is my life will begin to change. Hello. The reason we're not seeing changed lives is they're encountering our churches. Hello. It's good to go to church, but my God, the reason we gathered in this place this morning wasn't to display the greatest clothes, display the greatest worship, display the greatest preaching. The reason we have gathered is we've gathered around the resurrected one to see him high and lifted up in this place. My God, I feel like preaching a little bit. When you encounter him, See, friendship gives access into the encounter. A servant never feels like he can go in. He never feels like he's good enough to go in. I came to tell you this morning, if the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ is upon your life, you are plenty good enough to go in. He made a way for you to go in, friend. So what I know changes. I tell Catherine this all the time. I don't know all things, just most things. I do know all things in this room. How do I know it? Because I know the one who knows all things. <laughs> I actually got it from Rod Parsley. He used to say that all the time. It's good. Third, listen. My function in life radically changes. Instead of working for him, I'm just working for the Lord. I'm doing this for the Lord as a servant. I don't work for the Lord. I work with Him. 
<laughs> Servants work for him, but listen, friends work with him. And greater is accomplished when we work with him than when we work for him. My God. Listen to this. Listen to this is good. We work with him. We work not for his favor, listen to this, but from his favor. In this position, he entrusts us with more power and we are naturally changed into his likeness more and more. Well, I'm just working for the Lord, preacher. We're just trying to do this for God as a servant. But a friend is at a higher level in relationship. He's only doing what he sees the Lord do. The reason why we're fatigued is half the stuff we're doing is we're doing what we want to do. The reason we can't pay the bills at the church is because we built what he didn't tell us to build. Hello? Come on. The reason why the mission field is suffering because we're building what he didn't say build. But friends co-labor with him. They realize they got a role in this thing. My God, help me, Jesus. That statement that says God don't need us, that's baloney. God, God made himself vulnerable to need us. He's, he's securing who he is this morning. Are you with me? Well, friend, you don't understand God's sovereign. Yes, he's securing his sovereignty, and he don't mind looking not sovereign sometimes. God is God. He can do all things, but yet he has chose to use man. He will not do anything on the earth until you take your place and get beside him and co-labor with him. That's good preaching. Now listen to this. The fourth thing is my identity is radically transformed. Listen to this. Our identity sets the tone for all we will do and become. Christians who live out of who they are cannot be crippled by the opinions of others. They don't work to fit other people's expectations but burn with the realization of who the Father says they are. Hello? If you live by the opinions of people, you will die by the criticisms of men. Hello? I didn't come to get an applause. I got an applause before I ever showed up. My father said, you are my beloved son in who I am well pleased. Hello? I don't have to cast out a devil to make them feel like I'm loved. I don't have to read my Bible to feel like I'm loved. God demonstrated his love towards me, yet while I was a sinner, Christ died for me. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. In this place, Jesus. My God. My identity's changing. I don't have to, I don't have to get the attaboys or the pats on the back because I already got one. Hello. I don't have to worry about if he's gonna be happy with me today because I'm secure in knowing that he's happy with me. Come on now. Some of you believe, some of you love God, but it's hard for you to believe that God loves you. I came to tell you, he loves you. He wants you. He desires you. He burns with a jealous love for you. I'm a friend of God. I can sing it. I'm a friend of God. I know he loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. My identity is secure in him. Now let's look at a little story right here. Luke chapter 10. Go with me to Luke chapter 10. <laughs> Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Very familiar text. 
Now it happened as they went that he, he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left to serve me to serve alone? Therefore, let her help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Here's, here's, here's what I'm talking about in a nutshell. One's approach to God is through serving. The other approaches God through rest. God help us, Jesus. One approaches God through serving and the other approaches God through rest. I heard this all the time when I was a little boy coming up in church. Well, we got to have Martha and we got to have Mary. Martha's are the workers and Mary's are the resters. Listen, that is an absolute lie. Lovers will always outwork and outperform anybody with a servant's heart any day. You'll do for love what you won't do for money, baby. Come on, somebody. And listen this, listen this. And servants... Servants always want to degrade the role of the friend. Well, you know, Lord, we've been, we've been pulling this thing all night. Mary ain't done a daggone thing but sit at your feet. But let, you know what I found? I found in this what I can't get accomplished in a revival, what I can't get accomplished in a lesson, what I can't get accomplished in tearing sometimes all night in prayer. It's one word from God. Are you believing me now? Just one time in his presence, one word begins to shift everything. And he said, Martha, you're concerned about many things. You, you think because you've done all this, you're pleasing my heart. But she has chosen the good thing right now. She's realized at this moment, this is the greatest thing that could ever take place. She is sitting here worshiping at my feet. Well, preacher... What you're saying is, you want me to just rest. I'm talking about, listen, the things we do for God should just be like we're breathing. It should not be, the, the Christian life is not to be one that is striving. Y'all got a different Bible than I got? I came that you may have life and have hell on earth. Is that what your Bible says? No, I came that you may have life, John 10, verse 10, and that you may have a life, what? More abundantly. There is a rest that I'm talking about that you enter into when we enter outside of the servant's heart and we enter into the friendship with God. Let's go a little further. <coughs> I'm sorry for the cough. Let's look at John 15. Go back to John 15 where we started. I'm going to really try to show you something right here now, but you got to, you got to say I'm a big boy to swallow this pill right here. If you see it, man, I'm telling you, you're fixing to go out of here and change the earth. 
Now, how many, how many would love to have this? I like the commercial, whatever, where the guy was like granted one wish. And he said, Lord, I wish for a million bucks. And there was a bunch of deer running around, you know what I'm saying? That's only good during like October or something, you know. <laughs> I guess he didn't name his seed, you know what I'm saying? He, he wasn't. <laughs> How many would love to have a blank check? How many love to have a $5 check? I'd love to have that too, but I mean, if you don't want it, I'll take it. I'm not stored the little. I've been stored in little all my life. How many would love to have a blank check? I'm talking about anything you want on the check. All you got to do is fill it out. How many knows that there was a man in the Bible in the Old Testament that got that, got that request? And he, he was granted wisdom, but he didn't ask for wisdom. He asked for a hearing ear. His name was Solomon. But let me tell you this. He got one blank check. Jesus gave you an unlimited resource of blank checks. The problem is we don't never write them out. Hello. Let's look at these crazy scriptures right here that I'm fixing to read. These are wild, okay? Now, they're in, they're in the Bible, and you know what? They're in red. So if you, don't even, if, you, if you only believe the red, I got the red. Let's look at it. John 15, verse 7. Look at this. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what, what, you what, desire, and it shall be done for you. Is that, is that what y'all's Bible said? Huh? Look at this. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what, you what, desire, and it shall be what, done for you. Look at John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. <coughs> that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may what? Give you. Are you <laughs> Am I in the Bible? He said, what, whatever, listen, he said this in Mark 11, 24, whatsoever things you what, desire, when you what, pray, <coughs> believe that you have them and you what, will receive them. Hmm. I'm going somewhere with this, just give me a minute. John 16. Look at this, John 14. Look, read this, John 14, verse 14. Let me find this one. Right here. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Just trying to show you a little bit. Look at right here, John 16, 23 through 24. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive. What? That your what? Joy may be full. Now, give me just a minute. It's going to take, take a little time to dig this out right here. 
So we just, we just determined that as a friend with God, he handed me his checkbook. And he's saying that whatever I ask him in his name, thank you, thank you, God bless you, I appreciate that. I usually don't sweat, but I'm sweating like T.D. Jakes today. <laughs> I do sweat, but you know, thank you so much. So he's given me a blank check, and the friendship is, my role is now, I can start asking him whatever what I desire. Did we read the book like that? All right. Help me right here. I'm fishing to launch the boat off a little bit farther, okay? Now listen to this. Servants, this is their walk with God. Father, what do you want me to do? God, what do you want me to do? God, I'm trying to figure out what do you want me to do? Listen, most of us believe the will of God is, is static and it is like concrete. Like God has this one chosen path for your life. When you hit earth, you better get on that one small path and you better not get off of it. The Bible says that narrow is the weight to heaven and broad is the way to destruction and baby, there's many on the broad highway. Listen, listen, that is the pathway into salvation. God, help me, Jesus. When you got into this building, you didn't have a broad way to get in. You went in through two narrow doors. And the two narrow doors is Jesus Christ. And how you approach salvation is you leave your will, you leave everything in complete abandonment to follow him. And that's the only way we found salvation. But once you got in the building, my gosh, boy, that was tight getting in here. But my, good gracious, this thing's full of promises on the inside. Now life begins to broaden up. So a servant, Lord, what you want me to do? God, I don't know what to do. The reason why you don't know what to do is because, listen to me, what, help me right here, Holy Ghost, because you don't listen to your own heart. Oh, preacher, you ain't never read Jeremiah 17 says the heart is above all beloved wicked. Listen, that is a non-believer. That is an old heart. When you got saved and born again, you became a new creation in God, a new DNA, new blood, a new heart. You can't take the Bible out of context. You telling me now that I'm walking with God. Now, I'm, I'm going to preach it. You're going to see it this morning. Jesus said, whatsoever things you desire. I'm going to tell you this. The difference between a servant and a friend, a servant is always trying to figure out what God wants, wants, what wants them to do. Listen, when you move into the role of friendship, you'll see your place, yourself seated with him in heavenly places, and God wants to do what you want to do. <laughs> oh, preacher, you, you just blowed it right there. You just made a big... You telling me that God wants to do what you want to do. I'm telling you, if it matters to you, it matters to Him. See, when you come into church, you want to get rid... This is what we do to people. When people get saved, we want, we want to kill everything that God put in them of self. 
And we run around the church and we pray these little prayers and boy, they sound good. Oh, none of me and all of you. Listen, he had none of you and he wasn't excited about it. How many knows we got a problem with cutting in our society amongst our teenagers? They far more cutting going on in Christians in churches because you cut the good parts that Jesus put in you. Let me, I will get back. Oh. Desire. Let me just say right here on this thing right here. Well, I thought about my Christian walk was walking around with the cross. Uh-uh. The cross is not for the new man. It's for the old man. No, the cross is for your fleshy desires. Not for your God-given desires. Well, I thought that I, I want to be like Jesus and, and shouldn't I be suffering like Him? God's not building my life after the suffering Jesus. It's quiet in this room. <clears throat> how can you say that, preacher? You're preaching absolutely. How could you say it? John 7, 38. Thank you. I will say it. Says this. That, that says this. It says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Huh? But this Jesus spake of the Spirit, verse 39, for the Spirit of God was not given because Jesus was not what? Yet glorified. The reason why the Holy Spirit couldn't come because the Holy Spirit is the one modeling your life after he's looking at the portrait. The, the artist is looking at the sculpt. He's looking at the, at the finished product and he's sculpting your life after the product. And the life that he's looking at is the resurrected Jesus after the cross. Well, maybe go ponder that, Selah. All right, here's the deal. So, <clears throat> I'm moving as a friend. This is how it happens. As I enter in through the, just as the cross precedes the resurrection when I lose my will and all of my when I lay my life down in complete abandonment to, 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 to the Lord what happens as I lose all of that and I can prove I can lay it down then God will start attending to my desires found in him now how many knows this that we've asked this question how many know what the word desire means? D means of. How many know what sire means? Anybody got some hunting dogs up in this place? Raise your hands. If you got... <laughs> huh? If you go to AKC and register because we got some short enough beagles back home. Championship bloodline from Indiana. And all they do is hunt. When you go to AKC to pull up my dogs, it'll say, Sire. Our male dog, who was is crazy, his daddy, his daddy was uh, Chuck Liddell. <laughs> that was his daddy name. <laughs> Hold on, when you pull it up. The fighter. <laughs> I spent Chuck Liddell. You know. Sire means what? Father. 
So all desire is what? Of the Father. Can you stay with me just a few minutes? They, I just, I'm, I'm, a, I'm prophetic too. They just dropped the chicken down. It's going to take 14 minutes to cook. Just dropped it down. I heard it in the spirit realm. With two fish. <coughs> so listen, desire, all desire means of the Father. Now I'm talking about friendship here. So the deal is, is not the questions are, are your desires from God? The question is, in whom and what have you been in communion with? My God. I don't know if I can trust this is what I feel. I feel like, I mean, I, this is what I feel. I feel like God, I mean, every, I just tell you what I feel. Every time I get in the anointing, I feel like I should lay hands on the sick. But I don't know if this is God. Friend, that's God. Now here's the deal. Let's go back to an offense. If I got an offense in my life and I start pondering about that offense and I start sitting there and that's my meditation is upon that offense, what just happened is the father of those thoughts is not from God. Now what's go, what, is, what children are giving birth in my heart is retaliation and I want to see my case vindicated. Hello. What the whatsoever things you desire when you pray. If you walk with God, God will commune with you and desires will be released in your heart. And how I know how to carry out the will of God on the earth is I start marching to the cadence of those desires that He's placed in my life. Catherine, she for for I don't know for a length of time, now years, she's gonna learn to play the keyboard. And she'd always do this. She'd play the keyboard at night and she'd say, John, do you think this is a selfish desire? Do you think that there's pride in my life that I want to be good? And I said, on your current condition, you could not have much pride. <laughs> I said, Catherine, do you want to play the piano? She said, yes, I want to play the piano. But how do I know it's God? Because you want to play it. I know you laugh. You're hanging out with God. You ain't want to get on stage to give the devil no credit. You want to worship the Lord with the piano. That is God saying, hey, daughter, I want you to play the piano. Yes. Trying to help us. Well, I, I don't know. I feel like I should. I feel like I should go to school and become a teacher. I mean, that's what I feel. That I'm, I, when I turn on Bethel worship in my car, these are the thoughts I have. I don't know if it's God. Is this God or is it me? It's the God in you. These are desires. He's fathering some children that he's dropping in your heart. I'm trying to tell you what we want God. Listen, we are a church waiting God would just speak. You know what the father's up there saying? I wish you would get in your place and start having some dreams for me because I want to do what you want to do sometimes. 
Sometimes my boys look at me and say, Daddy, I want to fish where I want to fish sometimes. You say, well, I'm telling you, John, you, ain't, you, you just don't know. I'm te- God going to do what he's going to do. It's sovereign. It's all laid out. You ain't never, heard, you ain't never read none of John Calvin's books. This thing's already fixed. I love to hear good Calvinists preach. And I love to hear Arm, Ar- the Armenian. Because in the blending of the two, there's truth. I do believe in predestination. But I'm going to separate with you when you start saying that baby right there is born to go to heaven and that was born to go to hell. It's not his will that any should perish. Jesus died for the world. <laughs> Exodus 32, God, should, God, God comes down on the mountain where Moses is. This is what he says. He said, Moses, look at them stiff-necked people right there. Look at them stiff-necked people that you brought out of Egypt. He said, I'm fitting to kill every one of them. They down there making a calf. I'm going to kill them. And he said, I'll tell you what, but I'm going to raise you up a great people. I'm going to build you a great nation. That's every pastor's dream. Wipe out his church and bring him up a good church. <laughs> I, I have prayed that prayer. Not here. It ain't, I ain't been here that long yet. After 10 years, I'll be injecting that to God. Wipe them out, Lord. Just take them out. Moses looks back at God. Look at what he says. Now this is God. Friend, this ain't this ain't his boss man. This is God. He said, them ain't my people. Them are your people. <laughs> I want to remind you something here, sir. Them ain't my people. Them are your people. How are you going to bring them out of Egypt and allow the Egyptians to make fun of us and say, look how what their God's done now. Who brought them out and couldn't even sustain them in the wilderness. He said, I think you need to go back and you need to think a little bit of what you're about to do. The Bible says that God relented of his anger and changed his mind. The deal is not the mind-blowing that God changed his mind, but look at what I'm trying to get you to see. is God was bringing a man up into his council and say, Moses, what do you think we should do about that? Gosh. You've got to understand that God has limited himself to my prayer life in this city. If you want to see it change, get on your knees and start co-laboring with him. Get on the van and start dreaming. I can tell you the future of Cornerstone and the future of Cook County is how we dream it. It's how we want to see it. And then God will join himself to your dream life and your prayer life and he'll start doing the things you want to see. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. How you want to dream it. Are you riding the Titanic? Are you riding the greatest battleship ever been seen on the face of the earth? Hello? God said, I need you. I need you, Herbie, to speak it out of your mouth. Things ain't gonna change you. Some of your stuff would change instantly if you would get back on your property and say, listen, I know how it has been, but I realized something this morning. I'm no little peon in the kingdom. I'm no little servant. I'm a friend of Almighty God. He's on my side. And I said, line up in Jesus' name. Now, Look at this. How am I going to walk 
in the joy of God. Jacob Peterson said three things. Joy was one of them. Here's how you walk in the joy and you keep your life full of joy. Is when you have a dream or a desire and you see the desire come to pass. Let's go to the wisdom book, Proverbs. Go to Proverbs chapter 13. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I'm telling you, we ain't going to pray them little old Christian prayers down here. No, sir, it ain't going to work in here. Oh, we just working for them, trying to get it done. No. No, 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 you don't realize we sons and daughters of the living God in this place. Hello. Are you with me now? I got, I got rights to go up in my daddy's house. Come on, somebody. If you sick in this place, we ain't going to sit here and have to bend no stick around, cross no fingers, hope we get the lucky sevens on there right. No, sir, we are sons and daughters, and we can pronounce the king's domain. Hello. I got a daddy, and he's very wealthy. You with me now? Some of you might be getting, we've been getting beat up on the playground. Listen, we got a daddy. See, see, when you're getting beat up, your daddy ain't sitting back doing nothing. Stephen, when he was being stoned, the Bible said Jesus sat it at the right hand of the Father. But Stephen said he looked up and he said he seen Jesus standing. Listen, you got a God that'll stand up for you. Act like you got somebody. We ain't serving some whatnot on the shelf. Hello. We're serving a living, living God this morning. Oh, we act like we serve something dead in a tomb somewhere. My Jesus, my God, help me right now. Muslims got more faith than what we do. Listen, we ain't serving a dead God. He's alive. He's alive this morning. Sitting at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and I. He ain't dead. His telephone ain't tied up. His email ain't too full. My God. Proverbs 13, 22, you there? The Bible says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. See what it says? But it says this, a desire fulfilled is a what? Tree of life. King, New King James says, when desire comes. Solomon said, when desire is fulfilled, it becomes a tree of life. How I stay excited is, is I hang out with Father. He drops all these seeds in my heart. I start paying attention to my desires. Now you understand. I mean, you riding around. <laughs> you riding around with Luke Bryan cranked up. You've been at the farm party Saturday night. Now you might have to you might have to watch out what's going on in your heart. I ain't talking to that person.
Boy, it's quiet. It's quiet up here. Hulu, Brian. Boy, I about want to say something right there. Grant come home the other day. He said, Daddy, you know Luke Bryan coming today? I said, I'll make a rip where he's going. We ain't going. Let Jesus culture come today, Dale. That's what I'm looking for. Boy, that's, I done went holding this on you. I'm sorry. If I'm riding around and I'm hanging out in the manifested presence of God, he's going to start dropping desires into my life. And as those desires become in there, now I know this morning because of what this, what this, uh, overweight preacher said this morning he said I can start trusting that thing I'm telling you that's how you navigate through the kingdom is right there the kingdom is navigated through the heart it's not navigated by sight or by feeling it's navigated by the heart desire fulfilled is a tree of life I want to show you a great story right here and I'm done Look at John 16, 24, and then I want you to flip back and grab the book of Kings, 1 Kings. I ain't got nothing against Luke Bryan or country music. I love country music. Put me on the karaoke stage, sing country, especially if it's old school. I can, I can tear it up. Some George Strait back when it was real, you know what I'm saying? Amarillo by morning. You don't want to mess. Me. Come on. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Dusty told me the other day. He said, "I'm telling you, if Johnny Cash come up out of the grave, he slapped some of these country boys." Huh? <laughs> the man in black. No, we better quit. I see. I feel like I'm getting riled up now. <laughs> Lord, to get us back in your love, Jesus. John 16, 24. I done read you this, but I'm read it again. Until now, you've asked me nothing in my name, asking you will receive. That your joy may be what? Full. I'm telling you how you keep your joy tank full. It's when you start seeing those desires fulfilled. When you start seeing yourself hang out with God, God drops desires in your heart because why? You're a friend. He doesn't do it because He has to have us. He does it because He wants to have us. I'm wanted. I am on the top ten most wanted. And so are you. Now let's look at this crazy, this crazy text right here in 1 Kings chapter 8. And I'm done right here. This is the last thing. I'm going to pray over you this morning. <coughs> First Kings chapter 8. I believe that's where we're at. Right? Did I write this down wrong? I don't know. I think I wrote it down wrong. I know I did. Uh, no, right here. We're right. Look at verse 15. 
This is the ark brought into the temple. Solomon building the temple. He's up talking, okay? Verse 14 says, Then the king turned around and blessed the whole assembly of Israel while all the assembly of Israel was standing. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel who spoke with his mouth to my father David. With his hand has fulfilled it, saying, Since the day that I brought my people Israel out of Egypt, I have chosen no city from any tribe of Israel in which to build a house that my main, my name might be there. But I, but I chose David to be over my people Israel. Now look at this. God says, this is what, he's, this is what Solomon's saying. Hey, everything you see in this nice temple, God said, this ain't my idea. David was my idea. And when I got David, David had an idea that was in his heart through fellowshipping with me. And David wanted to see me have a house built. And what I did was help fulfill David's dream in his heart. Gosh, man. I just hope you can see this this morning. See, my job as a father is I want to see my boys fulfill their dreams. If John Bitchlin, if, if he wants to be an angler, I'm going to do everything in my power to give, let him be an angler. You follow what I'm saying? My job is to provide the boat and the electronics and the poles. And I'm going to say, son, go be an angler. If their job is to pay, uh, play baseball, I will have the hottest bat. I don't care how much it costs, what we have to give up. Why? Because I want to see his desires fulfilled. You know what Father saying to you this morning? I gave up everything so you can live your dream. I want to do what you want to do. What you want to do. Don't say, God, what do you want me to do anymore? You hang out with him. And as you get in his presence, all these things. <laughs> I'll tell you something that I feel like the Lord told me about five years ago. I would have something of my own. And I said, you know what? <laughs> People going to think that's arrogance. People going to think that's pride. I ain't never going to have that. I'm never going to do that. You know, it's been in my heart, my, in, in, in my, since I've been about, well, how old was when we planted the first one? About 26. I'm telling you something that burns in me as leaders. I want to plant churches on, raise up leaders and all of that. Man, I mean, you're talking about that's apostolic stuff. You're talking about, you talking about you want to have a network, you want all of that. Other morning I was sitting there and I felt like the father said, Son, how long are you going to wait till you step out on faith? How long are you going to wait? I said, Lord, I. Years ago, I told Kevin, I said, I'm going to have a network. We're going to call it the Sons of Thunder. Wherever the feet standing, they're going to be thunder from these children right here. Another morning, I was laying over there. That Tuesday morning, I was sitting there. I wasn't even saying nothing. All I could just hear is the Sons of Thunder pounding in my heart. And I'm sitting there thinking, God, I don't know if that's you. I don't know if that's you. You know what he's saying? He says, son, I'm, I, I, don't sit on the sidelines no more. Get up and run. Get up and run with the things I've placed in your life. 
get up and run. Just go with it. Just step out by faith. Just see if you can stand on the water. As long as you're standing on the word, I promise you, I don't care how many waves come. I don't care what comes. Dinosaurs, whatever else comes, you're going to be fine. But he said, listen, I'm no longer calling you boys servants because you don't even know what's going on when you live like that. But I'm calling you a friend. I'm bringing you into the inner circle now. Everything that's in my heart, everything that I'm hearing from my father, everything, the conversation that me and dad's having now is going, you and you right there in it. And now when you come in, you got access. And now whatsoever things you desire when you pray, Believe that you have them. Well, I want to be a race car driver. I'm telling you, go be a race car driver. Don't think you got to be a preacher or a singer or a musician. Just be who you are in the kingdom of God. Just be a nurse that walks in through the hallway showing kindness and displaying the kingdom of God. Be a teacher that stands up and lets children know God loves you. I was in a store yesterday in Valdosta. Little boy went up there to get a cup of ice. Maybe nine or ten years old, me and Grant standing there, and this lady drops the F bomb about five times of how stupid he was for paying 45 cents. And I look, I turned around and I, I said, you know, to keep from having to, you know, I started to just let her have the fivefold ministry all at one time and let the kingdom hit her one time, you know. That's what I want to do. I know y'all don't have thoughts like that. Y'all start thinking about th- falling down, blessing the Lord, and giving thanks and grace. Man, you do a child like that, man. Let me tell you something. You need your end tore up. And I said, wonder why, wonder why they ain't got a chance to what you're speaking over them. I don't care if your son can't put two plus two equals four. If he says it's three, you speak over son, you're Einstein. I'm telling you right now. My God, you're the smartest thing I've ever seen. I've never seen a kid with that much wisdom, that much intellect, that much stature. My God, I have never seen that. See, we got to start raising our children this way. We see when when David raised Solomon, he said, "When you set before kings." He didn't say if you if you're gonna be significant. He said, "When you set before kings, this is the way you do." Cause son, I'm telling you, I've raised you a, as a king's son. I'm telling you, you aren't. See, some of you believe the greatest height of your life is to live right here just in Adel, Georgia. No, there's going to be young missionaries raised up in this church that'll go and change the world. There'll be books written about kids coming from this house that will forever change the world. Why? Because I serve a big God. See, you're just an old servant. Feel like all you're going to get is the little check that comes through the back door. No, Father's got so much more than that. Stand up and I'm going to ask God to fill your heart with a dream. (coughs) You got the right to want the best. Because your daddy has the best. Just tell you, like, like going shopping with Catherine, you know, sometimes I, boy, I about need three days of counseling after that. But she'll go, she'll go through the whole mall and she wants to find it the cheapest she can find it. I go in there, I know I need huskies, okay, and I know I need them short. It don't take long to grab them. But I told her, I said, Catherine, it's still, listen. Listen, here's the thing. 
I got more money than I got time today. So instead of just going through them sale racks, whatever, I'm trying to tell you why are you worried about if it's on sale or whatever. It's, it's out of my pocket. We're spending my money. I'm telling you, listen, your daddy's got a cattle on a thousand hills. His streets are paved with gold. I'm trying to help you right here. you got to start believing that. you got to start believing that. If you believe it, then it's yours. Nothing is impossible to them that believe. we got to stop letting our checkbook and our resources. See, if you look at your checkbook and that determines what you're going to do for God, then you're bound to what you can provide. But see, if you look beyond that, then you're bound to what He can provide. I walked in a place of business the other day or whatever, and the Lord gave me this, uh, the, this, this is a multi-million dollar company. I ain't talking about no two million. When I say multi, I ain't talking about three million. I'm talking about it's up there. And I go right into the CEO, and the Lord give me a word about it. And all of a sudden, man, he's crying, tears are coming down out of his eyes. He gets up and gets his truck and leaves. The next morning, I said, the Lord told me that I, 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 I said, I'm going to write an article for your company. He was like, and I, and I wrote this article. I never write. And I, I, I come home and I sit down and say, God, I told him, man, I'm going to write an article. Oh, God, I can't. You know what I'm saying? I come home, Catherine, she was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you wrote it. I said, God said write that. So I go back the next morning or whatever. Then I reassure the word which I gave him or whatever. And then um, I gave him that article. And he said, oh, my God. He said, man, you missed your calling. And I said, well, he said, maybe you should have been a writer and not a preacher. I said, man, you ain't never heard me preach. <laughs> hey, <clears throat> he said, I said, uh, he said, he said, I want you to send me that email, email me that right now. He said, because I'm fixing to get on the phone and we're fixing to produce that right there to the masses. See, I could have been a servant and think I wasn't even able to go up there and stand. I'm just ending right here with this. Listen to me. But you got to understand, I grew up poor, very blue collar. My dad was just a construction worker, alcoholic. We struggled. We couldn't go pay cash for nothing. We had to borrow everything we got. All of that's ingrained in my mentality. You follow what I'm saying? And then when I got in about, started getting about 28, 29, everything began to shift in my life. The blessing of the Lord came upon my life. Then my friends started changing. And like I started having these people like uh, CEOs of hospitals and all. Wouldn't be like my friends or whatever. And I remember sitting down with my pastor one day and he looked at me and he said this he said the reason why that's happening with you is God showing you the high water mark for your life see I'm telling you friend you got to see yourself out from where you're at right now if you don't see yourself different you're never going to be different you got to start seeing it change overnight I'm trying to help us we got to get all of these poverty roots out of us that come with us in the South. How do you know that? Because you're from the state of Georgia and you're down here in the South. How was this state even formed? It was a bunch of people that jumped on James Oglethorpe's boat and sailed up the Savannah River. They were all in debt and stress and came here hoping to find a better life. It is not God's will. We believe below His standard. The blessing of the Lord maketh one rich. How many believe that in this room?
God gave me the faith to walk away from my job in 09. January the 28th, I was terminated from my job. I was hired back January the 29th by the same company, this time as a consultant. This would prove the greatest thing and the greatest decision we had ever made financially. told Grant the other night, I said, son, you remember the first three years of your life because it seemed like you forgot him. Now he thinks we're El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. Went to a place to eat last night. I'm done right here. I'm just trying to drill some final things home. Went down and and into whatever, and Catherine kind of contested us a little bit. She didn't want to go in there. And uh, we did, and we should have went in there, but And so we got back in the car. And I told him this, not knocking anything. Because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a wealthy person. But I said, I just asked Grant, I said, I'm just telling you this, listen. Poor people, when they got to eat, they worry about quantity. It's all about quantity. You don't see, you don't see a jaguar sitting at a buffet. It's quiet. So worry about quantity. The middle class worry about quality. That's why you'll see them at Longhorns, places like this. The wealthy worry about presentation, what it looks like on the dish. That's why when you go to a place like that to eat, your steak is about that big around. <laughs> With three shrimp. <laughs> I've been to one of these places one time. I was starving death when we left. But broke broke and starving when we live it comes out with all the little greenery and stuff like they cut down you know like some of the Christmas tree and stuff put on the plate but you know what it has everything to do with how you think I want you, I just came out this morning to tell you this I want you to know this before I leave God's wild about you he wants to use you and he wants to fulfill every dream of your heart he wants to tell you this morning hey listen don't run with that cross I put the cross there for you to change your life. Once you accept Him, once you live for Him, friend, listen, there may be some desires in you that need to be crucified and need to go on the cross, but He wants to hang out with you. He wants you to run. He wants you to live, move, and have your being in Him and be at a place of rest and know, listen, everything's going to be all right. And you can trust your heart. Father, I pray, Lord, this morning that you begin to break a lot of stuff off of us. <laughs> but most of all, Father, I pray, God, help us to dream. Help us to dream. Help us to dream. Father, restore everything that the canker worm and the locusts have eaten and devoured and taken from our lives. God, I bless every family in this room right now. I bless every family in this room. I bless every person in this room right now and declare the friendship of the Lord over them. I declare that they're no longer servants, but you're calling us friends today. You're calling us up higher. You're calling us to be a friend. I am a friend of God, as Israel Houghton sings. I am the friend of the Lord. I am loved by Him. I am the disciple whom the Lord loveth. Oh, I've been through some storms in my life. I've been through some trying times, but I'm telling you, friend, I have 
never doubted his love. Listen, the storm that you may be facing, the sickness, the disease, the, the poverty, whatever it is, it is not a result of him not loving you or your disobedience, friend. I'm telling you, he loves you, he loves you, he loves you. Oh, how he loves us, he loves us, he loves us, he loves us, he loves us. Oh, how he's in love with you. He's got a burning passion for you this morning. He said, run, 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 run. I'm not angry with you. I'm not upset with you. I want you to live it. I want you to do it. I want you to be who I've called you to be. In Jesus' name, Father, I speak great blessing over this group of people today. In Jesus' name, if you believe what I said, I want you to give the Lord a great hand clap of praise in this place. How many feel good in your soul? Wave your hands on the Lord and say, I'm free, I'm a friend. Come on, tell him, say, I'm a friend. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't know about you, but I'm God's best friend. He's my BF. I love you all. God bless you. We'll see you here Wednesday night.